All right, Mason and Ireland show. Brian Kamenetsky's in for Mace, and it is a big day if you're an NFL fan. The draft, which has really turned into a spectacle, it's going to be in Nashville. It's going to be televised live on ABC. Uh, we're going to have a special draft show here this afternoon. And one guy who's been following the draft since he was a ute, a little kid, Brian, is Ram COO Kevin Demoff, who's nice enough to join us now. Kevin, how are you, man? Fantastic. One of the best days of the year. As you said, if you're an NFL fan or even a college football fan, this is such a fun day. Yeah, I was thinking about you personally. And for people who don't know, Kevin is the son of Marvin Demoff, who was um, arguably the biggest agent in football in the 80s. And so since you were a little kid, you've been kind of looking at this from the other side where a, a player's dream comes true. And now you're on the team side where you bring in and kind of you, you become a dream maker What's more fun, being on the agent side or being on the team side? Well, I was such a young kid when you were on the other side, and I remember you used to get up Thursday morning at 5 o'clock on the West Coast and watch the draft, but everything kind of happens. You, know, you you see part of it. I think on the team side, you get to see the whole thing. You get to hear the picks. You know what's kind of going on behind the scenes. You can talk to other teams. So I think actually getting to choose is better because you're in control of your destiny probably rather than getting to represent players, but I'm sure there would be agents who would feel the other way. But either way, it's a, it's a great chance for our franchise to get better today. So, Kevin, like you, a couple of years ago, the, the, it looked like the Rams needed like 8,000 players, and like you go to the draft and you need you know everybody in there. Really, how, how on earth are you going to fill out a roster? Now it's like, I just went to a Super Bowl, got a hole here, a hole there. Is it kind of like is it both the transformation – a little surprising to you, but also just that luxury of being able to know you're going into the draft with a really good team. Uh, uh, it's kind of a comforting deal. Well, I, we've had a really good team. Obviously, you, you start fresh in 2019, and we're 0-0. We have a great roster. It is an interesting discussion when you sit in and listen to the meetings, though, because there aren't a lot of players who can come in and start for this team right away. And I think that's a great position to be in as a franchise, but it also – you know, it makes you wonder, you're thinking a year ahead, and you saw that last year with the third round, Joe Nopum or Brian Allen at center in the fourth round, Micah Kaiser, and we're expecting those guys to come in and really play and, and participate, you know, this year, you know, a year delayed. And I think the best thing about the draft is when you can take your favorite players, give them time to develop as a rookie, and then really lean on them in the future rather than expecting them to come in in May and be instant starters. Uh, but also the draft is always going to offer that, and you know you sit there and you get excited. But between free agency and Les and Sean have done a great job. We were sitting there last night at our draft event at the Palladium and listening to Andrew Whitworth and Robert Woods and talking about the free agency class of 2017 and how that changed the franchise. The draft in 2017 gave us five, six starters. So I think the roster is in great shape, but the league is always evolving. It's always changing. If you think that – you know, what we've done the past two years will, will help us in 2019. That's probably not the case. Uh, Kevin Demoff, COO of the Rams, is with us. Okay, Kevin, take us inside the draft war room. I don't know if you actually spent any time in there on draft night. I would assume you check in on it. But uh, what's it like? Is is Les running it? Les need the GM? Is Sean running it? Is it is it kind of controlled chaos where anyone's free to speak up? Or what's the dynamic like in a draft war room on a night like tonight? It's, it's controlled chaos. I think that's the best way to do it. And maybe when you're picking 31, it, it's not chaos. It's just controlled, you know, prolonged chaos. I, I don't know what the, how it will turn out. But, but look, they've spent the past month going over the draft board. The coaches have all weighed in. The scouts really set the draft board in December after all of their fall visits. 
that gets refined and really finalized before the combine. You know, so our draft board is probably 90% set before the combine. You get some information from pro days in the combine. The coaches give their evaluations and there's some tinkering. But, you know, we have done major scenario planning over the past week where, where Les and Sean really go through all the different players, who they would take at 31, the order they would take them in, what you do if they're gone, what you do if they're all gone and you can't trade back, which players you would be willing to sit there and pick versus if it's this group of three or four, who are willing to trade back from. But you try to go through all of that when there's no pressure so that when you get to the decision point on on a night like tonight that you've already thought through every scenario, you know, and usually where it changes in, in the history of the draft rooms, you know, is when the guy falls that you don't expect. Um, and it's not a guy who you think might go 22 but falls, but the guy who you think is going to the top 10 and falls. And I think that's usually where you're recalibrating a little bit. You're talking to your doctors. Is there a medical issue? You're talking to your scouts. Is there a character issue? Is there a reason this player's falling? Or is it just that he doesn't, no one expects him to be there and they go through with their plans? But, you know, really, Les drives it. He and Sean sit right next to each other. There are a bunch of us flanked. And, you know, we may offer some opinions on strategy or help answer the phone on trades, but the two of them are in control and we'll go wherever they take us. You guys don't still have those phones with the helmets, like the helmets with the phones on them, like that? <laughs> I, I, w- I wish. Yeah, those those were awesome. Like that, that's. Uh, much better. No, we, we actually have normal boring phone yeah i was gonna say your dad your dad may have one laying around in the garage we're talking to kevin (laughs) demoff who is the coo of the rams and this is an exciting time uh for rams fans kevin uh i know five season ticket holders including mason who have all decided to get seats in the new stadium but uh, now you guys have opened it up for the general public to purchase seats and suites to the Ram games at the new stadium, the one not the, not the Coliseum you're going to play in this year, but the one in in two years. If somebody is interested in that, if somebody wants to, you know, buy seats or suites in the new stadium, what's the best way to go about that? The simplest way to do it is just go to therams.com and follow the link for the new stadium and, and get in touch with with one of the salespeople overseeing the process. But you're absolutely right. Last spring we opened up the premium seating for season ticket holders and those who had put a $100 deposit down when we returned in 2016. Then we opened up general seating to that group in the fall, and now we're through that process and opening up every seat in the building. So whether it's club seats and premium seating, whether it's general admission seating, the other 50,000 seats throughout the building, whether it's suites just for the Rams, because until now you could only buy a suite for, for both teams and all events. And now you can buy one for just the Rams. So this is really the first time We've gone to market in Englewood with all the seats in the building and excited about the next 15 months, not only the building coming online, but really filling it with Rams fans and the passion we've seen the past years in the Coliseum transcending that. I don't know if there's as much passion as Mason has around the building, but... But still pretty good for everybody else. You're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. We're talking to Rams COO Kevin Demoff. Definitionally speaking, the seats next to the ones that Mason bought cannot be considered premium, correct? <laughs> I, I, I know where Mason's seats are. They are they come with premium amenities, but they also seem now to have premium detractions. Right. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> Some sort of warning. I don't label. know. I, I, Mason, is, I, and, and keep in mind who's saying this, it's me. Mason's actually pretty fun at football games. Well, the, your atmosphere is fun at football games, uh, Kevin. It, it it really has. I grew up a Rams fan I, I in the old days of Coliseum, and then I followed him down to Anaheim. And I, for whatever reason, and maybe it was the Super Bowl run, I think you guys have it back. 
you have that buzz and you know whether it be with the the watermelon heads and you know down in one corner or or the all the the girly and golf jerseys uh, i would imagine if i put you on a lie detector that this has even exceeded expectations for you of how quickly you'd get a fan base back has it well, I, you know, I think it's building a fan base from not from scratch because we've had plenty of fans, as you just said, who, who grew up with us. But if you're going to go entice new fans, uh, over the last two seasons, you take two division titles. We have the most regular season wins of any team in the NFL, the most points scored, the greatest point differential. We're, we've been exciting on offense. Obviously, we have a transcendent defensive player in Aaron Donald, a, a great coaching staff. In the environment, I think people have come to to enjoy it on their own. It hasn't just been older fans. It's not just newer fans. It's a great blend. And, and the Coliseum's had some fantastic moments when you look at, you know, primetime playoff games. The Chiefs game is one for the ages. The Super Bowl run obviously converted people who might be on the fence. So I think it's been a great blend of, of really the brand and the team coming together in a meaningful way that, that's authentic. And I think it's one that we can keep. But obviously, Goff, Gurley, you know, when you talk about the receivers and Woods and Cooks and Cup and, and Aaron Donald and and Marcus Peters, we have a lot of young stars. I think people that resonate with people, we've been involved in the community, but it all comes together, and it's something we've got to keep working on every day. It's not just one year or two years of success. It's going to be five to ten years of doing what we've done the past few years to make sure that, that we build that legacy in Los Angeles. Kevin, I know like people who are interested in buying tickets, like you guys have done a great job being, making it so they can kind of get a feel for what it'll look like, what, you know, what the field view would be from your seat and all that, you know, you can see the models and it's, it's, it's really cool. And I've, I've had a chance to, to go through that process, but how far away is it before people can actually like take a peek at the building itself or like when people will be physically allowed inside to look around and, and stuff like that? Like where are we in that process? Well, we're about 70% done with construction. So we just had a major milestone last week. We finished the roof steel. Uh, so now that is done. So basically everything structural, whether it's the steel, the cement, that is essentially done with the building. So the remainder, remaining 15 months is filling in the seats, you know, making sure that the concession stands and the suites and the clubs are all finished out. We have to go hang the world's largest scoreboard, uh, a 4K video board that's larger than any other in the NFL at midfield. We have to put on the roof of the clear ETFE. So, so those are the last things to be done, but they're not structural things. So I don't envision people will be able to get in the building until it's actually open sometime next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to try to do an event, we hope, to allow people to come in and look at their seats before that, that first game. But now when you walk around the building, we, we took some of the media through, even though it's a construction zone. Like You can actually see where everything is going to be, and that's the most interesting part now, I think, for all of us when we go down each day. Or each week something changes, you know, a, a certain section gets roughed in or a tunnel is completed, the elevators popped up, and, you know, it's exciting. And the number of texts that I get each time people flying over in LAX that take pictures of the stadium increases each week. And I just think there's a great buzz for, for truly the first modern NFL stadium that's built in Los Angeles in the past century. Can't wait. Really cannot wait for you guys to open that up. And again, if you're just joining us, uh, the Rams have kicked off seat and sweet sales for the general public. You go to the Rams.com slash LA Stadium for more info. Okay, Kevin, last thing. A couple years ago when you guys drafted Cooper Cup, we had Les and, uh, and, and Sean on after the draft, and they said that they had their eyes on Cup at the start of the draft. They thought they knew where he might go, and they were just praying that, that he was still there when your pick came up. And I believe you got him in the third round. You don't have to tell me who it is, obviously, but do you have a guy tonight that you're keeping an eye on and you're kind of hoping and praying 
that people don't notice them until you get there. And not only do you not have to tell John, I would really prefer if you didn't. Because that would be just... I just want to know if that, that person would really, exists. It would be really bad if and you then, did. And then after the draft, Kevin, I'll ask you who it was. But does that person even exist? You know, that Kyler Murray kid, if he could fly... <laughs> You know, to, to 31. I, you know, I think the great part about not having had a first-round pick the past few years is you have unbelievable patience. And, and this year at 31, I think any player you'd fixate on is likely to be gone. It, it's hard to predict. But I know Les has probably two players who he really likes in this draft who, whose name have come up over and over again. And they're not necessarily day one guys. You know, Cooper Cup was a day two guy that we targeted in the third round. So I think there are a couple that you, you've heard their name more and more and and you know that he's got a, he's got a secret crush on them, but you know, we'll see how the board falls. And and look, the great part about the draft is you can tell everybody afterwards we absolutely got the guy we wanted. And right, right. So, so so that's the fun part about the draft. That there, there are a couple of guys who I, I think Les has has circled. He's not Kevin Costner with the you know the note to himself, but but it's somewhere buried in his office. I'm sure he's got those guys written in in Sharpie and wants to pull him off the board. By the way, since you brought it up, is that movie Draft Day, since it's about your industry, did you you like it or did you think it was like just a a, a a hatchet job on what you guys do? You know, I I enjoyed it. It's fun, and I think it was fun for for people who don't get a chance ever to be in a draft room to kind of see some elements. The -the on-the-clock stuff I thought was interesting. Uh, Obviously, the storyline and everything that played out – would be fascinating, and I think that draft, that movie was a little bit before Twitter was popular, so God knows how that scenario would play out on social media now if they actually did it uh, in that regard, but I, it gave us all a chuckle. I think it's a nice peek, and you know, for family members or you know, for my kids, it was like, oh, is that what it's like? You know, there's, there's some elements of of truth there, but you know, also some some wild imagination. <laughs> I, I bet. I I bet. Did they? They had the phones with the helmets in them. The, the, the helmet phones. To, to talk about who they were going to draft. Right, right. I actually like that movie, but I know a lot of people didn't. All right, Kevin, thanks for doing this. We encourage people to go to therams.com and uh, and check out the new stadium, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It should be a fun one. All right, there's Kevin Demoff, the COO of the Rams.